What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 177 of the Massive Breakdown Podcast. We have a fantastic episode for you tonight. Uh, Bungie has been kind enough to give us a massive info dump this week. They put out stasis spotlights on the Warlock, stasis spotlights on the Titan. Uh, and then also in the TWAB this week, they talked about how they're going to be changing Triumphs, uh, which doesn't sound like that big of a deal. But after reading it over, I am really, really thrilled with it because I was legitimately just dealing with Triumphs this entire week playing Destiny. So looking forward to talking about all that. But first, let's get the introductions out of the way. As always, I'm your host, Mercules, joined tonight by Kit Kutcha. And how are you doing this evening, Kit? Well, Mercules, I, I can't complain. Uh, you know, it's been a long, busy week for me, but overall, a pretty good one. How about you? Uh, it's been the same. I've been absolutely swamped at work, and I've been uh, I've been pretty much spending all of my spare time that I can trying to play Destiny. Uh, I realized far too late that this is the last week of the uh, of the Solstice of Heroes, and that I really need to finish my Majestic Armor and try to get one of the glows so I could get the uh, Moments of Triumph done. Yeah, I just uh, I just realized that as well. Uh, I need to get my butt in motion to, uh, to actually knock those out. I've kind of been slacking off, but uh, there's still time. There's still time. Although by the time you're hearing this podcast, you may be too late. Yeah, we'll see. Um, no, I mean hopefully. Well, hopefully you guys hear it in the first couple of days the podcast is out. I hope you're not waiting until next Tuesday to listen to it when we put them out on Friday. But uh yeah i was able to get crown of sorrows done uh only the second time ever doing crown of sorrows have to admit actually a really fun raid really enjoyed it very complicated boss fight mechanically i think second only probably to aspire uh, stars in d2 um but yeah it, it crown of crown of sorrows was really fun did the prophecy dungeon uh, i've done the prophecy dungeon once before all the way to the final boss and then i had to leave at the final boss and i didn't get to finish it so now we actually beat it all the way through which was really nice um and then i was like you know what i've got my majestic armor done i've got my uh single glow done that i need for the triumph i'm just going to go ahead and finish out the 2020 moments of triumph so i went and found all 50 eyes of sabathun today or i guess 45 since five of them were already done in the uh in the prophecy dungeon and then i went and did the nightfall ordeals which i was only at like 50 percent, so i had to do five of the uh of the ordeals which Spoiler alert, it's the fucking Corrupted Strike this week. Apparently the most difficult strike to do uh, at the second to lowest level of, uh, of Nightfall with Matchmade Randys. Not a single one of them knew about the ball mechanic, which was really frustrating. It actually was like legitimately difficult to get it done. I, so. I've noticed uh, like the last month that there have been a lot of people who apparently don't understand how that works. You throw it at the shields. Like it's that... That's it. More importantly, like you should throw it to one of your teammates first, because then it supercharges the ball, and then it one shots the shields instead of, you know, Whoa. taking multiple hits. Whoa! Don't make it complicated for people. Let's let's level it down here. It, it was it was crazy. So I had to do five of those, which was uh, which was brutal, actually. Um, but you know, I enjoy challenging content like that. So I tried to make it as fun as I possibly could. I wish there was like. I wish I hadn't saved them all for one week, so I could have done them multiple times. But yeah, so I've got my 2020 Moments of Triumph done, just waiting for Traveler's Chosen and whatever the last secret triumph is to come out. Um, but, you know, enough about the current state of Destiny, which is, you know, it's in a drought right now. Let's talk about the future state of Destiny. Um, as I mentioned earlier, they talked about the Warlock Shadebinder. Uh, they talked about the Titan Behemoth. They basically uh, showed us the super and the melee 
and they also talked a little bit about uh, some of the modifications that are going to be able to be made to it. So these, these subclasses are going to function very, very differently from the way subclasses work in game. But I suppose before we get into that, we do need to do our housekeeping. Yeah, so we've got a, uh, a couple of thank yous this week, as, uh, as we often do. So first off, a big shout out to our ongoing sponsor, ZenSoCal. Thank you so much for your continued support, and thank you for that lovely picture. Mine just arrived today. I don't know if you've got yours. Um, it is do not have mine yet. Uh, it is gorgeous. I kind of want to get mine and hold it up in front of the camera for you here. It's it's pretty awesome. So, uh, it's come... Beautiful. A beautiful weapon. It's come with a nice, uh, a nice mat yeah. around it. I need to get a frame. Um, so, we'll see. I might have one laying around. But, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty excited um about that uh so yeah i'm gonna have a, a lovely image of bastion on my wall um which makes me pretty happy so thank you so much however i also want to say thank you to a brand new patron this week thank you to lrp cosplay um who uh who actually made a special request that we read him off by his instagram tag so go ahead and, and feel free if you are on the gram to uh, maybe check out LRP cosplay, I suspect that uh, he might do cosplay of some kind. It's a feeling. But uh, anyway, thank you so much for your support. I hope we see you in Discord. I hope we see you in the game. And thank you to all of our ongoing patrons for your continued pledges and support. You guys blow us away every single week. Thank you, finally, to you, our faithful listeners, who make this more than an echo chamber. So that is what we've got. Do we have any reviews this week? No new reviews this week. Uh, so remember, if you guys would like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would very much appreciate it. Five stars are not required, but we do really like the five-star reviews by far the most out of all the reviews. Uh, we will read the review out on air and give you a personal thank you if you do that. So uh, with the housekeeping out of the way, I think we can move straight into Destiny talk for this week. I guess we should probably get the TWAB out of the way first. Uh, and the, the triumph changes that are coming. Uh, how do you feel about the changes that they're bringing in? So, I, I mean, I have to say I'm pretty happy. Um, the triumph system, as it stands, always kind of seemed a little bit, like, a little bit basic and a little bit confusing to me in terms of, like, what is a triumph and what isn't a triumph and what gets points and what doesn't get points. Um, and what is my you know, what is the maximum score and do I, you know, where am I in relation to that? Um, and, and then like you mentioned, there's, there's all those triumphs that, you know, like maybe just aren't possible to get anymore. And how does that affect me? Um, so, you know, the, the system, it was a good start. Uh, and it, what they're doing here, I think, is they're taking that start, that foundation, and they are creating something that sounds pretty excellent to me. Uh, I'm I'm pretty happy about it. So, how about you? Um, I told you earlier, but I was literally just complaining. Going through the moments of Triumph and doing a bunch of stuff that involved me looking at Triumphs, I was actually just complaining earlier today, before this TWAB came out, about the Triumph system uh, to a buddy in-game. And I was lamenting the fact that the Triumphs were so confusing and that 
Seemingly a majority of them are no longer worth any points, and they, there doesn't really seem to be a great organizational system, and there's just so darn many uh, that it's basically an impenetrable mess, right? And I was, my, my legitimate suggestion was I wish they would split them into past triumphs, which are no longer, you know, obtainable, and they're just there for posterity's sake, and then triumphs which can still be earned. And that is legitimately what they're doing. Yeah, they are they are sunsetting a bunch of triumphs that can no longer be earned, uh, but they will still maintain your lifetime triumph score, right? And then they are splitting a separate score off, which is like the currently obtainable score, uh, and it will give you a total possible to be obtained and how much you have of them that are obtained, right? So the people who want to max out their triumph score will still be able to say like, I have eight hundred thousand triumph points, right? But then you'll also be able to say, out of the ones that are currently obtainable, I have this percentage of them, which is really great. I think it's going to make it a lot easier to understand for new players who are like, what is it that I should do with these things? Yeah, what I, what I really like about having this separate career score and active score is uh, I think it does two things. I think, one, having that career score that, that kind of shows your lifetime achievements allows those of us who've been playing the game from the beginning or for a very long time to kind of, you know, we get our bragging rights in terms of like, I've been around, I've done stuff. Here's, you know, here's all of the things I've done. Here's my total score I've achieved. I'm awesome. And the new player, somebody who just comes in, they can still max out the active score and say, well, maybe I haven't been around that long, but I've done everything that can be done in the game right now. Um, and so there's kind of, you know, multiple chase goals. And then, you know, even if somebody comes in now, if they want to max out their active score, then over time they can build up that massive career score. Um, and, and so I feel like it just, it gives, it gives us some in-game chase goals uh, for people who are completionists who want to do everything or nearly everything. Um, and I think it, it sounds like it's going to do it in a way that is like clear and makes sense and doesn't require like, you know, out of game resources and and uh, you know actually remembering where the heck that one triumph is in the organizational system because that's that's been a big problem for me is it's like well I'm pretty sure there was a triumph that I wanted to get done and I can't remember what it was called and I'm actually not even sure what buckets what bucket it's in so I'm just gonna have to sit here and look through everything to find it or I can go do something else um, so I'm hoping that the the enhanced organization is going to make this much more streamlined for me. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess there's a lot that I'm happy about. I feel like I could just keep going and and saying everything they're doing and saying yeah, I like that. So what for those of you who haven't read the TWAB or who don't know what they're doing, uh, they're basically splitting the tribes into a couple of different things. Everything that is no longer achievable will now be sunset into what's called legacy triumphs, right? And it will track your legacy triumph score. And every time things are removed from the pool, they will go into that legacy triumphs pool and your legacy triumph score will update to reflect the, total, uh, the totality of all of your triumph score for your entire career playing Destiny, right? Then there will be active score. Uh, an active score is what is currently achievable and your percentage of that as i mentioned earlier so the active score is going to focus on uh, triumphs for the current destinations that exist including europa 
uh, and triumphs for the seasonal content that's coming out and also a new set of triumphs that are called lifetime triumphs and lifetime triumphs are basically all the generic triumphs like uh, crucible gambit strikes they're going to lean those out and basically use them as a checklist of things that new players should do to kind of experience the game learn the mechanics of the game things like that so there'll be the lifetime triumphs then there'll be the seasonal triumph then there'll be the destination triumphs and then they give us a little example uh, so you can see on the example image that they show us in the TWAB, uh, we've got what appears to be the EDZ Triumphs, Europa Triumphs, Moon, Dreaming City, Tangled Shore, Nessus. Um, I'm not sure what that last one is. Is that, it's the one with the, it looks like the flowers on it or something like that? Yeah, I, I actually don't recognize that either. And there's also one in the beginning that I don't recognize. But, so I would assume that one of those is Lifetime and, you know, one of them is maybe seasonal or something like that, right? That, that may be what it is. But um, they've also taken other things that were kind of lumped in with Triumphs before, like lore and like medals, and they have moved those out into their own separate things. So now medals is its own separate tab that you can go and you can look at what medals you've collected. And lore is its own separate tab. And something super, super awesome, I'm just assuming that it's going to work this way, but they have actually said that they have made lore easier to read and all past lore, regardless of whether you've collected it or not, will be available to be read in game. And they said they've made it easier to read the lore. So what I'm hoping they did, and they've given it cover art and stuff too. So what I'm hoping that they've done is they've made it to where it's like a book and you can flip through the pages yeah. or you can read it all from start to finish. Because right now you have to click on it, read it, go back, click on the next one, read it, go back, right? It's a very pain in, it's pain in the ass. And if you're missing pages, you don't get the full story. So what they're going to do now is they're going to track which ones you've collected and they're going to show you which ones you've collected, but you're still going to be able to read the lore, even if you haven't collected it. So I'm really, really stoked about that. Personally, personally, I just wish that lore was on the whole i wish you still had to collect it but i wish it was much much easier to collect than yeah. it is right now there's a lot of lore in the game that's hidden behind weird mechanics or weird activities and it makes it really impossible for some players to get yeah uh, I'm, i mean i'm pretty happy i i really hope as well that they've moved it into book form that's the first thing i thought of when they said they've made it easier to read like if, you, if i can just you know click next page and just uh just keep doing that i'm going to be very very happy uh i'm also psyched you know i love uh i love cover art so i'm i'm hoping that we've got some more cool art thrown in there to make things look interesting um let's see what else uh what else do we have so they talked about seals um some seals may no longer be earnable uh, and so they are going to be making some changes there. Uh, they've got a list of what's going to continue to be earnable in Beyond Light and what's going to be moving into Legacy. Now, the thing to note here is that if you've already earned a seal, you can continue to use it. If you haven't earned it, then you may not be able to get it until some future date if they ever bring it back. Hard to say. Um, so the ones basically that aren't coming, that are no longer going to be earnable in Beyond Light is Shadow, Reckoner, Blacksmith, Wayfarer, and Chronicler. Um, and then also the Season 5 through Season 11 titles. 
the actual seasonal titles will, will cease to be earnable. So take note of that. If there's one of those that you are wanting to chase, you've, uh, you've got a clock. Get on it. Yeah, and for some people like Chronicler, I'm pretty sure you can't actually finish it now if you haven't already started because it requires a three-week three rotation to visit Mara. And yeah. there aren't enough time. There's enough time left, so uh, we'll see. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the TWAB. Uh, I'm really stoked about the changes to lore. Uh, they did mention that the only lore that everyone's going to be able to read is the season of arrivals and prior, right? So anything post season of arrivals, you will still have to find to unlock it. Um, I really wish that you know, and I said this a little bit earlier, but especially today, going through the eyes of Sabathun where like I just brought up a guide and then I spent my time exploring the destinations and finding the eyes. Like I wish lore was more like that, like how the dead ghosts were in D1, how the lore was just out there in the environment and you just like went to go pick it up uh, or it was just given to you right away for like completions or something like that. Like I don't like random chance lore drops. I don't like extremely tucked away lore things. Like it's just, it, it's, it's the tiniest bit frustrating that there's some lore that's, you know, more difficult to come by uh, and they've done a good job of like the black armor lore like they made the forges easier they made it guaranteed on on completion but by that point in time everyone's pretty much done with the forges and not doing it anymore so yeah i hope in the future that they will make it more user-friendly because the lore is some of the best part of the story of the game and i would hazard a guess that a vast majority of players never experience it in in any true format so i wish they wouldn't hide that stuff away so much yeah, I mean, honestly, it's, it, I think it's the lore that really ties a player into the world and, and kind of maybe keeps you keeps you interested at a certain point once uh, once you've kind of mastered the gameplay. Um, side note, this is like totally unrelated to any of that, but I did think it was pretty cool that they've made some improvements to item transfer uh, so that transfer through the companion app or third-party apps is... Uh, approximately 10 times faster than it used to be, which is fantastic. I mean, it was already relatively quick, but I won't complain about getting it done faster. I wish that they would make opening my menu faster on Xbox One without an SSD, because it is almost impossible for me to open my menu in-game uh, without me being killed by something, because it takes me 30 seconds at the fastest. Uh, don't worry, it's, uh, it's much the same over here on PlayStation. I'll tell you what the uh, the menu on PC, it feels so good. That that honestly was the hardest part about flip flopping between them. Uh, it wasn't the graphics. It was the menu. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on from the laments of console players, which we are, uh, let's talk about the the two new subclasses. So we are going to talk about Hunter next week when they release it. Uh, but in the meantime, they have released the info on the Warlock and Titan subclasses. The Warlock is called Shadebinder. Uh, they spoke uh, basically about the super and about the melee ability of the character. They did not talk about things like grenades, although we were able to see the grenades in the uh, we were able to see the grenades in the gameplay videos that they showed us. As we recall, there's one grenade that causes players to be trapped in a stasis field. There's another grenade that causes giant ice. Uh, walls to basically come out of the ground um the warlock super is called winter's wrath and uh it basically has the ability to fire a i guess i should have started with this the the melee is penumbral blast 
It fires a stasis projectile from the staff that the warlock summons, and enemies hit uh, by the enemies hit by the projectile uh, basically freezes. Right? We saw that in the gameplay trailer. That was one of the things that we were talking about. That it was a melee. Uh, it freezes it. So the Winter's Wrath has the ability to use basically like a supercharged penumbra blast, which shoots multiple projectiles that track and it freezes multiple enemies. Then it has something called Shatter Shockwave, which is where you have a radius around you and you raise your staff up and any enemy that is frozen is immediately destroyed, right? So we saw both of those things at work. We actually saw all three of those things. We saw both aspects of the super and we saw the melee at work in the gameplay trailers that they showed us. Uh, but it's nice to get confirmation that that is what it is. So um, going to be interesting that their melee can just straight up free someone. Although I suppose it's not any more infuriating depending on how the tracking works than a one-hit kill throwing knife or handheld supernova or shoulder charge, right? Yeah, I mean, in fairness, it's... it's In, in some ways... Uh, in some ways it's worse, right? Because in, in theory, uh, you know, I... I I, don't, I guess I don't know how long the freeze lasts. I assume that it's that it's got some kind of timer if they don't take action to kill you. That's something we don't know yet. But so on the, on the one hand, it's almost worse because it's not an outright kill. But on the other hand, it's not it's not going to be fun to just be frozen, sitting there waiting to die, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, I mean, I guess the question becomes, like, if you are frozen and they don't kill you, do you thaw out and you're fine? Yeah. Or is being frozen just like a death animation and, like, your character's already dead, right? Like, when you get hit by the freezing thing, like, you are frozen, your character's frozen, but, like, you are, for all intents and purposes, dead. And, like, you can go ahead and then respawn or something like that. I don't think that's the way it works. Maybe it is. That would not be nearly as frustrating, right? Because then it's not so much, like... It's more just like a death animation, right? Instead of your body ragdolling away, your body gets frozen and then you can get to shatter. But that doesn't really make sense because why would you then have a portion of the super that shatters frozen enemies? Yeah. Right? Like, it, it seems more like the characters are still alive. And I believe in the gameplay chair that, that we saw when they shatter frozen enemies, you see their shields break underneath the ice. So I think the characters are still alive under there, which then leads me to believe that they have to thaw out if they've been frozen for a period of time, like they have to be able to thaw out. I would, I would assume like, you know, I'm, I'm wondering like, can I keep firing my weapon when I'm frozen to try to break out? Um, you know, what's the, what's the skinny here, Bungie? That's what I want to know. Um, we haven't seen any gameplay from the perspective of a frozen player that I can recall. It's always been other people getting frozen. So... I guess maybe it's weird to wonder what it's like to lose, but I want to know what it's going to be like when I lose these encounters. Because, um, you know, that'll have a big effect on how much fun I think these abilities are. If they're super annoying to play against, that, you know, it makes it less fun in, in a way, right? Because you're going to lose some of the time. We all feel that way. And Josh Hamrick actually posted something interesting on Twitter today. He said, as a game designer... And it was, it was about an unrelated subject. It had nothing to do with this. He was talking about, you know, something else. But he said, as a game designer uh, for multiplayer, one of the things that is different from single player is that in single player, the only thing that matters is how much of a badass you, the player, feels when you do something. When you kill an enemy, when you use an attack, when you use a weapon, the only thing that matters is how badass you feel. 
But in a multiplayer, it's not just about how badass the user feels, it's about how does it feel to be killed by something, right? And part of me wonders uh, how much thought has been put into how does it feel to play against these things? Because from everything that we've seen, like you said, it's all been from the perspective of the player doing the freezing. And it's not at all been from the perspective of the player being frozen. And there is very little more frustrating in a game than losing your mobility and losing your, uh, your ability to do anything, right? Like nobody likes being rooted to the spot. One of my least favorite mechanics in the game is those stupid spider mines that like slow you down right like which i assume that what the stasis field is is actually just like a reskin one of those but you know that that is a question that i really feel like needs to be answered like are you going to be able to tell uh the player like don't worry when you get frozen it's not going to be any more frustrating than being killed by handheld supernova right which handheld supernova is kind of frustrating to be killed by but it's not the worst thing ever it's not going to be any more frustrating than being killed by a shoulder charge you know if they can if they can walk that line then i think we'll be good yeah well, it remains to be seen, but uh, you know, we'll find out soon. So, the other thing I was reading about, and uh, you'll have to forgive me because it's been one of those weeks. So I'm I'm doing it live a little bit here. Uh, I've just been reading about aspects and customizing the subclass, and uh, I got to be honest, I'm pretty excited to have some. Uh, some actual kind of RPG customization options available to us. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on what you've seen so far with the, the customization, the aspects, the fragments? So it's interesting the way they're doing that. It looks like aspects are actually going to be something you find in the world, but they function as like subclass perks, right? So in Destiny One, we had our subclass trees, and obviously you got to choose your jump, you got to choose your super. You got to choose your grenade, your melee. Uh, and in Destiny 2, they added class ability to that, right? So it looks like from the images that they show us that you still have those four um, you still have those four abilities, right? You have class ability, jump, melee, grenade. Those are the main things. Those are listed under abilities. Then over to the right, you have aspects. It says that aspects are actually physical items in the world. And the example they provide us is a crystallized Vex Conflux or a robotic fallen arm, uh, and when they are slotted in, they offer players new abilities among other effects. Uh, these abilities can be mixed and matched freely by the player. Many aspects will have space for fragments as well, fragments we'll get to in a second, but uh, fragments are also physical items they discover in the world, but they are applied to aspects, and they offer passive perks such as stat bonuses or penalties, um, and the aspect upgrades are unique to each subclass. Uh, while fragment slots are class agnostic and can be used, you know, for any of the classes. Um, and so an example they give is a, a, an aspect for the Warlock is called Frost Pulse. And it says it is a conflux trapped motionless and crystal, infinite possibilities held in tranquil inertia. You unleash the darkness within, suspending your enemies in harrowing stillness. And the actual perk is casting your rift generates a shockwave that freezes nearby combatants, right? So that is an aspect. Then it has fragment slots, and it shows that it has three slots for fragments. Uh, when you scroll down and you look at the fragments, an example of a fragment is Whisper of Bonds. Defeating frozen targets with weapons grants you super energy, but it costs 10 discipline 
and 10 in the left, right? So what that means to me, if I'm reading this correctly, is that we have our four base abilities. We have two class-specific aspects that we can choose to use. And then we also, in addition, have a bunch of fragments that we can slot on to you know, pretty much anything. And I, and I think, I could be wrong here, but part of me thinks that the fragments may not just be able to be added to aspects. They may be able to be added to things like the jump and the grenade and stuff like that too. Wouldn't you think? Well, so they do mention that you can customize your, like your abilities, right? Um, they don't really explain what that means, but they say each stasis subclass in Beyond Light will give players the ability to customize abilities like grenades, movement modes, class abilities, and so on with, which is a very odd turn of phrase, but um, they go on to say after that, in addition, we've added new layers of customization with the addition of aspects and fragments. So not only do we have aspects and fragments, but we can also customize our grenades, movement modes, class abilities, and so on. Um, so what, you know, what exactly that means by customized? Do, do we kind of have some familiar choices there, you know, like the ones that we already have? Or is there something more? I guess I'm not sure, right? Because we can already, you know, we've got our three grenade choices, our three jump choices, um, our two options for class abilities. So... Are they just talking about that as the customization and they're they're just making clear that the subclass the, the stasis subclasses will include that or are they saying there's something else i'm not sure okay so here's here's i think i understand how this ui menu works now i've been looking at it i've been studying it so if you look at the abilities of the shade binder oh um, yeah on that image see how there's gray dots underneath it yeah that is the number of choices you have for that column Okay. So if you look under the rift, there's one additional rift choice. If you look under the jump, there's two additional jump choices. If you look under the grenade, there's two additional grenade choices. Now, when you look under fragments, that first fragment has six potential fragments, right? And when you go down to the next image, they are hovered over the fragment, and you will see that there are six fragments that they can choose from. Yeah. Right? So they've slotted two of them, and then in the third one, they're looking to choose... Uh, it looks like another one is, is I believe how that's going to work. And then, so when you look at aspects, so the first aspect that, uh, frost pulse or whatever, there's two more options underneath it. So it looks like there's going to be a number of aspects. Uh, and then the fragments that will be probably where the majority of your customization comes in. We'll be choosing what aspect you want to use. And then the fragments are kind of just like general buffs. Right, and it looks like you can have two, maybe three of those. Well, three, there's four, maybe four of those. Yeah, there's four in that last one. So I don't. It's almost. It's almost like filling them in adds more slots, or maybe choosing certain aspects adds more slots. So if you look at that first image where it says Frost Pulse, uh, it has three images underneath it that look like fragments, and one of them is highlighted. Oh yeah. And then it says, uh, you know. It basically says that their aspect has a slot for a fragment. So it's possible that certain aspects that you add 
will give you an additional fragment slot. That makes sense. Right. I think that's kind of how it works. So basically what we're looking at here is we're still going to have on these new subclasses the same level of customization we currently have, where we get our two class ability choices, our three jumps, our three grenades. Um, I, I guess only one melee option, which is, you know, probably fine. Yeah, this this looks like a good system, honestly. I mean, I'm already more intrigued by this system yeah. than I have been at any point in time of Destiny 2 system. Well, it gives us a chance to min-max into different playstyles, right? Like, that's what we've wanted. It even looks like an improvement maybe over the Destiny 1 system. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, you know, we'll have to see more. It, certainly, the, the Destiny 1 system, it had its ups and downs. Um, I like I like the slot system quite a bit. Um, honestly, more than I like a tree system, which is what we used to have. So, I mean, ultimately, in, in some ways, they come to the same thing. Just a matter of how it's presented. But presentation can count for a lot. So, I'm going to give credit and say I, I really like what we're seeing here. Um, and I'm excited, too, that the we've got some universal buffs. And then we also have some class-specific buffs. Because I think that's going to make for an interesting interplay of tactical choices i really think that i really think that that is the way it works i think that they're equipping yeah because they have three fragment slots in the first image they equip frost pulse which is different than the thing that is currently equipped and then they have four fragment slots in the second image and it literally says in the description frost pulse has a fragment slot yeah and it shows it in its so interesting. So depending on the aspect you pick, you could, it looks like, potentially have uh, several fragment slots, like a bunch of different ones. Yeah. And I also like that they're kind of doing the leveling by like, you have to go and find this ability in the world um, as opposed to just like playing through it to level it up. Like this is kind of more interesting to me than that. And like more, uh, how, do I, how do I say it? Like it feels like I'm doing more as a player than just playing through the character, which playing through the character is good, don't get me wrong, but like going out in the world and finding something that gives me a power, like that, I feel like I have a lot of a lot of say in what I want to do as a character. Like I have a lot of say in which way I want to level first. Yeah, um, I, I also like that. Um, that kind of takes me back to uh, many moons ago when I played uh, the original Guild Wars uh, religiously, and that's how you got all your abilities for the most part is you... There were some you could buy, and then there were all the good ones. You had to go out and fight specific bosses or complete different different tasks or, or missions to get. And uh, that was cool. That was one of the things that really that really made that game uh, addictive and a lot of fun and, and aspirational in ways. And so I'm excited to see that in Destiny now, you know, some 14 years after I stopped playing Guild Wars. Um... That's cool. All right, well, that's Shade Binders. Um, and we've also, I guess, covered kind of some of the stuff that we'll see again here on the Titan Behemoth page. The Titan Behemoth is uh, is interesting. So that the thing we were talking about where the Titan like launches themselves forward and, pu and punches, and it kind of looks like the uh, Code of the Missile Super, turns out that's actually their melee. It's called Shiver Strike. And it launches the Titan forward uh, and punches a uh it basically summons a stasis gauntlet and they lunge forward with explosive speed 
and it says they smash through anything, and upon reaching their target, they unleash a devastating jab that sends their foe backwards and uh, slows nearby enemies, right? So that's interesting, because that is basically a, uh, a super on the other Titan, and you're giving it to them as a melee. I assume it won't do as much damage, but that's very, very interesting that that was a uh, melee, because I was really thinking that that might have been a super. I guess this is how they're going to lure people into playing Titan. They're going to say, yeah, you know, it looks the exact same as the Titan you already have, but how would you like to have both supers on the same subclass? Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm certainly hoping that that's not going to be a, a one-hit kill. Like, I really like that to require that the enemy be damaged if it's going to kill them. At least a little bit. Because uh, that seems pretty powerful in terms of a, a rapid movement ability. Um, and then, you know, not only sending one target flying backwards, probably off a cliff as often as possible, and then slowing nearby enemies as well. I mean, that's that's a lot in a, in a frosty little bundle there. Yeah. And then their, their super is called Glacial Quake, uh, and they basically uh, compel stasis energy to attach to their body so they get damage resistance. It's interesting that they are bringing up that they get damage resistance because... Pretty much all roaming supers get damage resistance, so it's weird that they are making it a separate thing. Um, and then they slam their gauntlet into the ground, which sends uh, tremors of powerful stasis energy that leave crystals in their wake and freeze all enemies in the vicinity. That specific thing is the slam attack that we were seeing, where they basically, it's ground control is what it's called, but they slam into the ground and it shoots out a three-pronged, uh, basically, you know, fork of, of stasis. Uh, so... It's uh, it's it's pretty interesting. What do you think of the Titan so far? Uh, I have to say that I'm much more interested in the Titan this week than I was last week. I think in terms of just the straight-up teaser, they've done a much better job uh, compelling me to want to know more about what's going on and uh, what I'm going to have to deal with in the Crucible. Uh, you know, for being totally honest here, um, I will definitely be watching out for Shiver Strikes. Yeah, I assume it will probably be like the Code of the Missile melee, where uh, you know it probably doesn't one-hit kill um, when you hit something, at least not in PvP, right? Just like the Code of the Missile uh, super does, or sorry, not super. The melee doesn't one-hit kill; just does a lot of damage. Uh, just makes them kind of hard to hit. Um, but yeah, they also mentioned that during the super, they're able to jump higher, faster, and further, uh, and they have greatly increased melee attacks, which obviously is similar to the Titan super wall used to with bottom tree. Um, they can instantly shatter enemies as they splinter sprint or slide through them if they are frozen. Uh, and you know, you can cancel out of a slide into a massive stasis powered leap only to cancel that and direct the behemoth downward into a devastating slam. So it seems like movement ability-wise, it is going to be like Bottom Tree Striker on steroids. Well, I think, uh, I mean, I think the sentence that you just uttered probably has a lot of people salivating. Uh, can't wait to get their hands on it. There's a lot of movement abilities going on on this, which I, I feel like that's really what like the hardcore Titan players love is having interesting movement abilities. Um, I think everybody misses their Titan skating and uh, anything they can do to get to get even close to getting back to that um, is going to make them pretty happy. So 
I mean, it's cool. I, I have, like I said, I'm I'm much more impressed with this presentation than with what we just saw in the uh, the gameplay videos. The gameplay videos didn't really make it clear what was going on all the time. It was cool, it was flashy, but I just wasn't entirely certain what was happening. Um, and so I think having this kind of spelled out for us, I mean, it sells it a lot more. Yeah, and the images that they show us. So this, I believe this confirms my hypothesis that I had on the Warlock page about how you get fragment slots from aspects. So if you look, uh, the first behemoth image they show us yep. has the four abilities selected and no aspects selected, and they have no fragment slots at all, right? Then on the second page, they have one aspect selected, and they have one fragment slot, and they are highlighting a second aspect called tectonic harvest uh which is the frozen fallen arm which is kind of creepy but it basically says shattering a stasis crystal creates a stasis shard and the shard grants melee energy when picked up by you or your allies now that tectonic harvest has two of the fragment slots highlighted on it instead of three so it looks like three is the maximum amount of fragment slots that an aspect will be able to give you this one has two and then when we come down to the next image after they have selected Tectonic Harvest, there are now three fragment slots that you can choose from. So it looks like that's going to be an additional way that they're going to be able to balance this stuff is that the more powerful aspects will offer you less fragment slots and the perhaps weaker uh, aspects will offer you more fragment slots. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Um, another thing I thought was interesting in the screenshots is that I don't see any of those uh, gray dots underneath the Titan's Grenade suggesting that they only have one grenade option, or at the very least, in the test build that they're showing us, there's only a single grenade option, which is that crystal wall. Which is a cool grenade. I'm not gonna, you know, I don't want to sell that short. Um, but that could we be... We never saw, we never saw the Titan use the stasis grenade at all. Yeah. And uh, in any of the footage that they showed us, we only ever saw him use the wall grenade. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. Um, so it, it, in some ways it looks like the Titans, uh, possibly ending up with less customization than the other classes, which is a bit of a downside, uh, to my mind, unless that grenade turns out to be just super, super useful. Um, you know, which it may. Certainly it's allowing, looks like it's allowing some, some awesome platforming, uh, and, uh, area control options, which we haven't had previously, so it may turn out that it's totally fine that they just get the one choice. Well, there we go. That's the discussion of the new Triumph changes. That's the discussion of the Warlock. That's the discussion of the Titan. Up next, we're going to have the Hunter, which I think we all know is going to be by far the best of the uh, of the three. So I'm looking forward to that next week. It's going to be a great fun time. Uh, but I think, unless you've got anything else, that's, uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. I think that brings us to a close. I'm looking forward to the Revenant next week, and uh, we'll see you all next time. All right, bye.